Are you looking for a great podcast for your drive to work? Do you want to laugh so hard the beer shoots out of your nose? Hopefully, those aren't happening at the same time. But you've come to the right place. You're listening to the Cozy History Podcast. Welcome to the Cozy History Podcast. You're joining us uh, on a beautiful fall afternoon. I am where I am, and Austin is several hundred miles away where he is, but we're connected by the magic. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. If only we were recording together. But we're connected. Very nice one, that. We're connected by the magic of the internet, um, and, and I'm so grateful to be here. We're just not getting back into the swing of things, and uh, I've been loving it. Austin, have you been, have you been enjoying yourself? I have been enjoying myself, and it's so good to be recording again. It really I is. Enjoy it. It really is great. We recorded a little, a little last night after Thursday night football. We were pretty tired, but it was still awesome. Just getting into the habit. Yeah, you, talking um, with old friends. Every good habit, you have to do it for thirty days. They say. And David Goggins would say, "Who's going to carry the boats and the logs?" And I'll say, David Goggins, you can carry the logs. Actually, I'll carry it. I'll carry a fucking log. Are we building a boat? Are we building something? I'll carry the log. I'll I'll actually give you some hints. So, to to be honest, I did tell Sam what the topic was last night. He did. But I will still give my clues. So, my first clue is my uh, my topic is one of the most influential organisms to affect humanity and humanity's history other than humans themselves. Herpes simplex. It inspired both extreme religious <laughs> spurts and hedonist. See, herpes as well. Mm-hmm. And it's characterized by both boobus in the groin and abdomen. And so that was going to be like the telltale clue. I hope the audience may know what that is. So I'm presenting about the bubonic plague. Ooh. This is, I'm going to go ahead and say this is not a very cozy topic. Unless you Um, like mass casualty events. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like cozy to learn about. And at the end, we'll actually, uh, I'll actually tie it together and it'll be a little a little lighter, a little more lighthearted, and you'll be thankful to be living in this time and age. But, <laughs> so virologists, scientists are kind of conflicted. Uh, they don't know if the bacteria that caused, so it's a bacteria, it's not a virus. They don't know if it came from Africa or Central Asia. They found uh, Neolithic human remains dating back to at the earliest, maybe like 5,000 BC, that when they excavate these remains, they'll do autopsies and they'll examine the DNA and they'll find Yersinia pestis. And so that is the uh, classification. That is the, I guess that would be the family genus Yersinia pestis. No, genus species. You said 5,000 BC? Yeah, so it's been with humanity for a long time. Wow. We're kind of like 
interacting with humanity evolving or perhaps yeah. yeah so it could have been around for tens of thousands of years but this is like the earliest that we found it in human remains so like i said it's called yersinia pestis its family is enterobacteriaceae so it's a gram-negative let me make sure I don't say this wrong. So it's a gram-negative, non-spore-forming, non-motile, rod-shaped, biofilm-forming, facultative anaerobic cockabacillus. Gram-negative <laughs> means that cockabacillus. Imagine getting killed by something called cockabacillus. Seems kind of sus. It does seem kind of sus. You're really, you're growing, like, your groin is swelling up because of something called cockabacillus? Come on. Come on. Uh, come on. To each their come own, on. I guess. Anyway. To each their own. But then, you know, if they're like, I swear I'm straight, it's like, dude, come on. Just be honest with us. Yeah. So gram negative means that it's a term to describe bacteria, maybe viruses as well, but uh, that have like a natural resistance to immune functions. Uh, non-spore forming means that it doesn't have a dormant state. So some bacteria will, like in given conditions, if it's too dry or too hot, they'll turn into a very simple form of the bacteria. But then non-spore forming also means that it's very reactive to temperature changes, like the temperature changes within your own body. Hmm. And we'll get to that in a second. Non-motile, it doesn't have a uh, flagella, so it doesn't move around in your body, but it kind of is carried around by your cells rod shaped just the shape of it biofilm forming so your senior pestis will form these like layers on it um one of the important ones being inside of like flea stomachs they can kind of tell when they're in there and then once they're within a body like a human body and so I mean, I'll get to that in a second, but basically once it's inside of your immune cells, it forms this film around it that makes it so the immune cells can attack it, or at least don't do any damage to it. It has a Kevlar vest on. Yes. That it's got dude, it's it's wow. like it's it's very creepy. So, so it really has evolved. Evolved. You know, this isn't like some random shit. This it, it makes sense. It's it's literally evolved to withstand attacks from your from your immune system. Yeah. Wow. And bacteria, bacteria, so when you're dealing with viruses, viruses are like on the edge of what you'd consider alive and not alive, if you've studied biology at all. But bacteria are kind of evolving with their hosts and evolving with everything else, which is pretty frightening. Kind of, you've probably realized all of these, um, deals with antibiotic resistance mm -hmm. so like the flu the flu will evolve or covid evolved the, well the flu's flu yeah yeah flu is a so those are viruses though oh oh okay okay bacteria okay. bacteria so like MRSA if you've heard yeah. of MRSA yeah like you played football they'd be like wash your fucking pads yeah wash everything because they'll have a MRSA outbreak ringworm is actually a worm but huh. a lot of these Bacteria, especially in hospitals, you'll attack them with all of these antibiotics you can and they won't die. So Yersinia, once it's within the body, 
it moves to your lymph nodes, and there it enters your uh, phagocytes, so your white blood cells and different uh, immune cells. And it basically like creates these proteins. What's it called? I like looked them up. That's not as important, but creates these proteins that enter your bloodstream. And apparently, like, for its growth, it really needs iron. And that's part of the reason that it, like, kills people so quickly is that it'll suck the iron from your blood cells. Oh, my God. And you're... So when they're becoming weak, that's actually their body just losing all... Like, you can't... Without the hemoglobin, you can't get oxygen to your cells, and it's robbing you of that. So you're truly just sucked of all of your energy... Within a matter of two weeks, usually you're just, you're dead. If you survive wow. two weeks, you'll probably live, but so you're usually dead you, by then. You said, you said, and that comes from iron, so it prevents your body from producing or moving iron around? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it steals them, and so it's like, that's the reason um, that it is, like, characteristic that it uh, shows up in your, like, armpits, in your groin mm-hmm. is you have a lot of lymph nodes there. Yeah. So that's what the boobus was, is you'd get these big, like, sacks under <laughs> their armpits. And they'd be painful. And, you know, like, people didn't know what the fuck it was, but they're just like, this man is sick, and he has these giant purple orbs on him. It's disgusting. So, for the longest time, it was thought that the rats brought it, Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like the original. Oh, like rats from like as soon as I saw Asia. This... Yes, yes. Uh, and I'll get to that later. Uh, but basically, so the rats are a vector of it. The rats kind of like have an endemic. Uh, what would you call that? Endemic population of this bacteria. So the fleas will bite the rats. Then the flea gets it, gives it to another rat. I think a lot of that, too, is that, like, rodents have a really strong immune system. And so they can be a host for a lot longer than, say, a human can. Okay. So so the fleas, the fleas are the carriers, not the rats. Because everyone was dirty as fuck and had fleas back then. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's like, it's kind of weird. So the fleas get it, and when the flea bites a human, then the human gets it. And then human lice, everyone was dirty back then. So then the human lice, so like fleas don't really attack humans as much. We don't have enough hair. Okay. And we can kind of like knock off fleas. But then lice, I think, are a lot smaller. I'm not too familiar with lice. I've never had them. Thank God. Knock on wood. You never had had lice as a kid? I'm sorry. You never had lice as a child? No. Wow. Thank God. That's, That's amazing. I feel like I would have just shaved my head bald. I wouldn't want to put you up You would have just that. made friends with them. Yeah. I'd train them. Yeah. A little lice circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I'd pay tickets to modern, see it. <laughs> I would charge a lot. Just yeah. so everyone in the crowd, everyone in the audience knows the lice circus coming up. <laughs> and so once it, once it enters like a human like community then humans start uh passing it to each other the lice get it again 
pass it to another human. And then it's suddenly locked into this like human ecosystem. And for a long time, they thought that it was only the rats bringing it, but scientists nowadays kind of think that humans were mostly giving it to each other. So there's three types of the plague, and they're just like different representations. So it's bubonic, which is the bubis, like the one that's most familiar. Pneumonic, so that's when it attacks your lungs. Oh, shit. And once, it, once, once it's in your lungs, then you can pass it from human to human. And so that's the main way that they think it was passing along. It was airborne. And then septicemic, which is basically it's in your bloodstream and you get gangrene within days and die. Uh, Bubonic, it's like, I don't know, 70% chance of fatality. Pneumonic, somewhere around 90%. Wow. And that's the one that's really, that's that's getting spread around a lot easier. So that's probably what exactly. that's probably part of the reason why cities were devastated, right? I mean, they were both, yep. you know, back then. I know the little that I know about the plague. It would just come in waves, and entire cities would get would get destroyed. Yep, exactly. And it, yeah, I'll, I got some like cool facts on that later. So, like I mentioned, some of the first um, evidence of the plague in humans dates back around like 5,000 plus years ago where they'll exhume these skeletons, they'll test their DNA, and it's they've tested the tooth pulp, so they'll drill into their teeth. And around 8% of early Bronze Age skeletons in Europe have evidence that it killed them. Wow. So this has been with humanity for a very long time, and it's been a pest. And it actually coincides with the end of the Neolithic Age, whether that's that these Neolithic tribes had some sort of immunity from being pastoral and dealing with it for so long, and then they brought it to the cities. Or maybe that because this was influencing the cities, the chaos that ensues, these people go out and, like, conquer the countryside. Who knows? But it's a really weird correlation. So it dates kind of around to, like, when there's mass population flux and also kind of around when we would domesticate the horses mm-hmm. yeah. when we domesticated horses in Europe and Asia that people were able to travel so far so quickly I mean it kills you very quick but if you're able to travel like 200 miles visit two cities and you're infected you're a carrier then suddenly you're bringing it along with you and it's like one person can end two cities it's like yeah. you know Ur in the Mesopotamian uh, mm-hmm. river valley Patient zero. So that was like, yeah, that was, so that's like, you know, 3000 BC around and older. There's also evidence in the Bible. What's the first book of the Bible that comes to your mind, Sam? That's a hint. (laughs) Samuel, the book of Samuel. In first Samuel (laughs) five and six. So this is the Philistines. Okay. Oh, the fucking but the Philistines. Hand of the Lord, but the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Asdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emrods, emrods, even Asdod and the coast thereof. So emrods kind of translates to hemorrhoids or tumors. Oh. And this is because this is around the time when they like took the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And 
so because of this, because of being smitten by God with emrods, so these tumors, hemorrhoids, what they did was they gave back the ark five golden emrods and five golden rats. So this is in the Bible. That's around like 1300 BC is when Samuel was written. Yeah. So that's like another theory that scientists have is that, oh, this was the plague that was affecting these biblical Philistines. You know, and it was written down. And it's interesting back then, I'm sure we'll talk about this some more, but, you know, if something like that happened, which today we, we would think it was, you know, obviously an epidemic, but we're looking for scientific reasoning. Back then, they're just like, oh, it was God. Back then, they're like, it was God punishing us for taking their ark. You know, it's it's yeah. interesting how the way that we think about this types of things is completely different from how people back then would even consider it. They've never heard of germ theory. Yeah. They they have no clue of something that's small, so small you can't see it. Yeah. They would have, they'd have theories of like the bad air and... Miasma. Um, yeah. They'd be like, there's bad things in the air. There's evil afoot. We're getting punished by God. And like, there's kind of a natural instinct to quarantine people and to like self-isolate. Hmm. But they really had no fucking clue what they were doing. And we're often just infecting themselves worse the yeah. way they deal with things. Huh. We're going to jump forward a lot. So this um, in 541 AD, the plague of Justinian was the bubonic plague. Oh, really? Yes. That de- that decimated Constantinople. Yeah. Um, another interesting one that kind of like ties in, smallpox has been killing off humans since time immemorial. And, uh, <laughs> but like, they're like better nowadays of like picking out which one was the plague and which one was smallpox. So the plague of Justinian killed around 50 to 100 million people. Oh my god. In 5 in 541 in the close ensuing years, which was around 25% of the population of the entire world. So picture one quarter of the people you know dying, and a lot of other ones are getting sick and everyone is affected. But not you and Jazzy. Not me and Jazzy or you and Boone. Yeah. Not us. And so that's, in a second, so because it's a bacteria, so viruses only attack one specific type of organism. Rarely will you see viruses, it's called like uh, some sort of like shift, like zoonotic shift or drift or something. So, you know, with like COVID or a lot of these diseases, you'll see that they go from bats to like pigs and then humans or something, but bacteria they're not as specific. So bacteria will be able to kill the dogs and they'll be able to kill all of the animals and livestock. So that's, I mean, that's part of the way the plagues would affect people. It's not only would they be decimating the human population, but all of the livestock would be dying from it as as well. Wow. Which is part of the reason that you'd think that it's like a punishment from God. Mm -hmm. Everything is dying. Yeah. It's the end of the world. Um, from 541 to 750, there is scientists have found evidence of at least like 18 waves. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. But 
when it was the plague of Justinian, people were like close enough in Constantinople. And I mean, all of these other societies that it was just killing them off in hordes. 25%, you said. 25% of the entire world's population. Oh my God. And so that's like neglecting all of, I mean, of Europe and Asia, that's probably even more. It's probably like 40%. Because you're also including all of like the Americas. And those populations at that time were actually very big, very large. Huge. And they weren't affected at all. Yeah. They had no contact with the Asians and Europeans. And it entered into North Africa too. It didn't really get into like Central or South Africa, where there was a lot of people too. But from the research I've done and that I've seen, it didn't really affect Africa as mm. badly. So we know that it was the plague, um, the plague of Justinian. We know that it was bubonic plague, Yersinia pestis specifically, because there's two historians in ancient Rome or Byzantine, if you will, the Byzantine Empire, Procopius and Ephesus. Apparently, Ephesus knew about two years before. So people were hearing about this. They're like, our trade routes to Asia, you know, these merchants would be coming back and be like, there's some crazy shit going on in Asia. Like, I'm <laughs> not going further. Like, I used to be able to go all the way to, you know, it would be like Persia or further, like, we used to have routes going into China, and they're like, we're not going that far. It's it, Shit's hitting the fan. These wow. civilizations are dying, and there's a plague going about. And they knew at least like two years before. And nowadays, it's like two years, ample time to cut off those societies, cut off those trade routes. But like we mentioned, they didn't know what was going on. I want to read this uh, Procopius quote. So it starts with... Uh, during these times, there was a pestilence by which the whole human race came near to being annihilated. And then he also wrote, I like this one. Now the disease in Byzant Byzantium ran a course of four months, and its greatest virulence lasted about three. At, the first, at first, the deaths were a little more than the normal. Then the mortality rose still higher, and afterwards the tale of dead reached 5,000 each day. Wow. And again, it even became 10,000, and still more than that. Now, in the beginning, each man attended to the burial of the dead of his own house, and these they threw even into tombs of e each other's, either escaping detection or using violence. But afterwards, confusion and disorder everywhere became complete, for slaves remained destitute of their masters, and men who in former times were very prosperous were deprived of service and their domestics who were either sick or dead. And many houses became completely destitute of human inhabitants. For this reason, it came about that some of, some of the notable men of the city, because of the universal destitution, remained unburied for many days. So that's what you'll see. It's whole houses are dying at a time. Wow. So many people are dying that you can't bury the dead. Imagine like walking in the street in front of your house. You're unaffected. And there's just piles of dead bodies. And you know of your family members dying. So many of your family members are dying that you can't even bury them. It's very frightening. It moved on. Apparently, like 
one of the first like decrees that happened. So Justinian, he actually uh, contracted the plague. Oh, really? He lived from it. Yeah, he lived. Obviously, he had a lot of uh, effects afterwards. I think it's like really common for you to get blood cancer afterwards because it infects your blood. You get, of course, extremely sick. But he um, he enacted this resolve to bring all of the dead from Constantinople. It was like a mass city effort to just take the dead bodies and move them outside. So for you know a month or two, it was like these things, these bodies are piling yeah. up so fast, no one could do anything, and people were refusing to touch them. He was like, "We need to move them out," and I'm sure that actually ended up helping them. Yeah, at the very least, it just makes the city more habitable. You can actually go yeah. around, go around the city. Wow. Without stepping over fucking bodies everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So that's known as the first plague. <laughs> that um, was round one in history. Yeah, that was the first one. Like it, like his, historically, that's like the first, the first bubonic plague. The second one is the one that everyone's familiar with. So. 1347 and these are like these are the big outbreaks so like i said it's kind of like moving around during these times but the big outbreaks are the most frightening thing you can imagine so 1347 is what we know as the black death hmm. why is it black around- why why is it the black death why can't it be the white death Dude, honestly, I think it's because of the gangrene. Oh, it just turned you black. Literally. Yeah, and your limbs are dying. Jesus. Your, like, fingertips are turning black. And it's just, yeah, it's just ominous. So that killed, lower estimates, 25 million. That's absurd. 200 million is the higher ones, is the higher estimate. And I think that's so much more accurate. And so that's one-third of the world population Oh my god. I'd say again, close to like 40% of Europe and Asia and North Africa. Apparently in 1331 there was a like rat migration, so there's famines in Central Asia. Uh-huh. Famines, you know, just like droughts that in natural droughts back then it was all natural or over farming of lands and so these field mice rodents what have you there was a great rat migration, 1331, so that's like... That's scary. 16 years, yeah, 16 years before that they would just kind of like spread from these steppe areas and be moving around and they'd be carrying this bacteria with them. <laughs> Bro, and, that, is a, that is a scary thought. A rat migration. Yeah. A rat migration. I'm Hey, I'm, all, I'm pro-immigration. But not rats. Those rats need to migrate think, out of Chicago. I think rats need uh, ID. <laughs> they need identification on them at every point in time. <laughs> Bigger border control for rats. That's what I say. Yeah, are you a rat citizen? You can't vote. If you're a rat felon, you can't vote. Yeah. And so, so like I mentioned earlier... The pigs would die. The cows would die. Yeah. The chickens, goats, sheep, wow. everything. Dogs. People didn't really have dogs as pets back then, but they would die. Um, one thing that I didn't see as much, but I think definitely had an effect on it, was 
in the Middle Ages too, there was a lot of like cat killings. Like people would kill cats because they thought they were like familiars or I don't think that that I personally I like to think that that had an effect, but it probably didn't. It was bound to happen. People were bound to eventually get annihilated by this disease. 90% of Florence died. 90%. Wow. And this was common. A lot of these cities are still being found. There will be no written documentation of cities, or maybe like there will be vague in literature. There will be like, oh, this, this city, and historians won't be able to find it, and they'll do aerial photography and uh, LIDAR. Mm-hmm. They'll be flying over like northern Italy where there used to be Oh, I think there was like a very like popular trade hub here. And then they'll find it and go, oh, everyone in this entire city died or left. So like I said, this is just millions, millions and millions of people and very common for entire families. You have 20 people in your family, a little bit extended. Every single person dies. Yeah, this is a... The, the LIDAR thing is interesting good. because they would do the same thing um, to find, like, forgotten pyramids and structures in South America. Uh-huh. They just, like, you just... You can even get on... There was this guy who was famous for a little while. He would be... He would get on, like, Google Earth and just, like, pick out these structures um, that, that you can't see from the ground, obviously. That's pretty cool. So... In um, a passage, so it was a writing called The Plague of Siena, Anatolian Chronicle. They died in hundreds, both day and night, and were thrown in ditches covered with earth. And as soon as those ditches were filled, more were dug. And I, Antulio Antulo di Tura, buried my five children with my own hands. And so many died that all believed it was the wrath. It was the end of the world. Um, Five a lot children. of these people. It's it's so it's funny. I like found this uh, article that was speaking about the Christian view. So the Christians would think that it was the wrath of God, and they would go about on like pogroms. If you're unfamiliar with that term, that's like going around and like killing Jewish populations. Mm-hmm. They're like, clearly, this is the Jews. This is our punishment. They would just like kill heathens, uh, flagellants, not flat, not to be confused with flatulence. <laughs> if you fart enough, God will hear your farts and smell them and he will, he will take the plague away. Yeah. <laughs> you can fart enough and that saves you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like the bad, yeah, it's like, they're like the bad air. So maybe if you farted a bunch, they thought you were doing it. <laughs> the Christians, yeah, they're like, the Jews are doing it. The Jews are farting reason, too much. The flagellants. So there's a lot of beliefs in like these mystic powers. So they'd have like amulets. If someone survived it and they like, they'd be like, it was this necklace that like saved me. And so I, I was actually, I was talking with Tanner the other mm-hmm. day and he, he said, yeah, like the average person's they would either go towards God or like towards hedonism, which was one of my clues. It's like, Oh, all of my kids are dying. That was, there's quotes like that too, that 
people would see that everyone's dying and they'd go, I can't take care of my kids anymore and just leave their home, leave their kids and go off and have orgies or they thought it was the end of the world. They're just trying to get their nut. Uh, So the Christians would blame other people. Apparently the Muslims became a lot more wholesome. The Muslims got cozy. They're like, this isn't this isn't a punishment from God. This is like a gift and a test. Like he's testing our faith. Uh-huh. So the Muslims became more devout. Wow. And they're like, God is like, he's like showing us what we had before. And so like Muslims became more into prayer. They had more uh, like social, social programs, if you will. They got, they wow. like kind of worked together. Whereas the Christian societies say you're a king, you'd be like, well, I need to kill half the population then. That's the only, like, anyone that is a heathen, we need to kill them. The Muslims have always been better at math and science and stuff like that than the Christians were historically. Uh, what, yeah. can, can you expand upon the flagellants? Yeah, so the flagellants, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the uh, Da Vinci Code. There's a guy in there, the Albano guy, that just whips himself. So flagellants were people that would go touring from city to city and just whipping themselves. And that was like, you're kind of punishing yourself to atone for your sins. And there would be like wagon trains of people just whipping themselves that would come to your town, probably also like spreading the disease. (laughs) And they'd be like whipping themselves like this is the only way to cure you. And I mean, this is a widespread thing. And you yeah. see these people coming through and you're like, maybe that's the only way to cure myself. I need to join them and go. Like to suffer whipping. to suffer as Christ did or something, maybe. Yeah, I don't know the origin of it, but it really took on. There's a lot of these droves of people would just go, <laughs> go from town to town. It was like an exhibit. Like it was like a parade. Like they'd come through mm-hmm. whipping themselves or... Wow. Just stay, they'd stay where they were and just put themselves through mass amounts of pain. Uh, that's another funny thing. Apparently, like, the Muslims had respect for their Jewish physicians. They're like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. They didn't <laughs> kill off these populations. It was a lot less chaotic. And um, it looks like they still they time, still have flagellants today. I just had the fact checkers check for us. And and uh, they still have them today. They're called confraternities of penitents, and they're pretty active in Spain, Italy, Portugal. Um, Weirdo. They still do it today. So I'm, I'm looking at pictures from like the 2000s of people Jesus. like walking down the street, cutting themselves, you know, whipping themselves. Yeah, this is um, the note to the audience. Right now, crack a beer number one. We're not drinking. It's... 11:30 a.m. here it's 12:30 where Sam is but uh look up some flagellants and also look up some plague art so there's a lot of very morbid art some of which I'm sure you all have seen before but look up some of the plague art and it's just masses of people digging graves holding coffins I'm looking at one called depicting the dead from the 14th century people holding coffins carrying them there's a lot of so this one's the uh the dance of the dead motif and it's a bunch of skeletons one's wearing a crown there's kings kneeling at his feet and it's there these skeletons are standing above this 
tomb with multiple bodies in it and kings are kneeling and presenting gifts wow devil's sent to kill yeah it's very morbid art i see one now um, um illustration taken from a book from brussels um and they're burning it shows plague it's a plague art painting uh, from the 1340s that shows residents of a town burning jews yeah yeah wow just like you said man <laughs> they were doing it yeah they were doing it uh also an inter interesting thing that a lot of people are familiar with the plague doctors and this is one of those weird things where it's like people like accident accidentally came across ppe uh personal protective equipment uh -huh. pretty sure it stands for yeah and the plague doctors look that up to You've probably seen some like weird dude dressed up as a plague doctor for Halloween, <laughs> but they would kind of have these masks with beaks and goggles. They'd wear this thick leather gowns, a hat, gloves. And so in that way, like they can't be bitten by the fleas and they have these masks on with herbs. So the masks, for the most part, were filled with herbs and spices so that they wouldn't smell the rotting humanity that was outside yeah. so that's another thing to picture if you can stomach it is walking outside you're not only seeing these dead people the horrific image of it but you're smelling their rotting bodies everything decaying yeah and everything yeah. and it, like i said it's a bacteria so it's it's not only killing humans it's killing all mammals yeah and these plague doctors they had like big sticks for prodding people and they <laughs> prod them away they treat they treat people by like cutting open their boobuses they're like the lesions their little like sacks the lesions which just kind of like spread the disease even more but apparently that could help because it would if like the if it would burst inside you then you would go septic so that's like the septicemic part of the plague mm -hmm. and if you go septic you're dying the next day but uh, the plague doctor's interesting. They'd like just poke people away, not touching them. And it's funny. It's like, I'm sure that the reason these plague doctors probably caught on is maybe they're dying at a lot lower of a rate because they're protected in a way. Yeah. So they would put, you said and, they would put herbs and herbs and spices. The KFC blend of herbs and spices would be in the beak of the mask so they can yeah, smell anything. And that's another cozy episode, KFC. Hmm. <laughs> kfc brother <laughs> the history of harlan callbacks callbacks Car callbacks interesting wow People so i mean i would imagine that those plague doctors i mean any any sort of help is better than nothing like i know in the past they would like bleed people um you know like that's part of the reason why like a lot of like george washington caught pneumonia and then they bled him they would just like yep. try to fix it and balance the blood. Um, so I'm sure they did that too, and they probably did a lot of harm. But I'd never heard about them kind of like cutting open those bulbuses. I'm pretty sure George Washington also kind of died from the bleeding as well. Yeah, he lost a lot of blood. He died from pneumonia and blood loss. Um, that's that's interesting. I didn't. I, I would, in my head, I assumed that all doctors back then are fucking idiots. And uh, it's interesting to think that they may have actually they were. they may have actually done some good though. Like involuntarily. Yeah, I mean, that's just like a personal speculation. But I mean, if you're wearing a mask, you're so they're doing they're like checking these boxes without really knowing it. They're like mm -hmm. wearing a mask. They're wearing like 
these thick leather gowns. They got goggles on. And it's like, maybe maybe people realize that these doctors were living longer and they started following suit. They're like, oh, I can... That was pretty much back then, even till like 1800s, late 1800s even, you pretty much could just say you're a doctor and practice whatever type of medicine you wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's like being a lawyer back then, it, like, you know, you didn't have to really do anything. You were just a lawyer. Even like you mentioned fucking Harlan in the KFC episode. He was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer in Kansas, was it? Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm just going to be a lawyer. And he was. Okay. And he was. Well, a lot of callbacks so, and, and connections to, between KFC and the Black Plague. The Black Plague. <laughs> moving, moving forward years. So after the... So 1347 is when that main Black Plague hit. Killed around a third of the European... Or a third of the world population. Even more. Maybe up to like 50% of European population. The estimates, it's like 200 million at the Highlands. Maybe it was 300 million people. And ten th- you know, tens of thousands of people dying every single day. 1650, in London, 100,000 people died of the Black Plague. Because on 1771, Moscow, 50 to 100,000 people. It was about 30, it was one-third of the population of Moscow. 1771, and so that was like, you'd have newspapers in the United States early before they were really even the United States, they were like plague in Moscow. And at this point, they had a better, I don't think they really had viral theory, but they were definitely better at, you know, quarantining off these populations and just cutting off all trade. I'm sure fucking them over even more. They can't find any (laughs) food. So the Black Plague is known as the second bubonic plague. And then the third... 1894. Are you serious? Hong Kong plague. I had no idea. Yes. So estimates around like 10 to 12 million, but those go up to like 20 million. And this is 1894. This is, I don't want to call this recent history, but it's recent enough that there's photos. So they would bring people into like ice houses and they, I mean, there's photos of the plague affecting Asia Wow. that are just horrific if you want to look them up the hong kong plague and this the waves of that lasted until 1959 jesus what mind you there was also a plague outbreak i think it was in san francisco somewhere on the west coast i'm sure with due to contact with asia that affected the u.s in 1900 um so 1894 Alexander Yersin is the one who discovered that it was a bacteria. He okay. was the first one. Yeah. He, guess this is like he had a microscope. He's a French scientist in Asia. The cool thing, uh, there are antibiotics. So it's a bacteria, and thank God for modern medicine. We can just, you get one shot if you get the plague, and you know it is. You get one shot, a little penicillin or... Uh, streptomycin actually is yeah streptomycin so it's like a antibiotic that treats like tuberculosis yeah and it'll kill it'll kill yersinia pestis right away it's funny too that alexander yersin people will find a horrific disease and just to get their name in history name it after themselves so like yersinia alexander yersin 
He <laughs> named one of the worst things to ever affect humanity after, after himself. himself. I'm like, dude, this is, do you want your legacy? Uh, and there are still, so there are still areas that have endemic populations of Yersinia pestin. One of the biggest actually is in the Western United States. So oh, really? pretty much like Wyoming, Montana, Washington, all the way south to like Texas. So pretty much west of the Mississippi, a lot of, I believe it's groundhogs mm-hmm. yeah. are kind of carriers in the fleas. So if you guys are out near like groundhogs, that's part of the reason not to like fuck with wildlife too is they are natural carriers. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of areas. Yeah, there's a lot of areas in like Central Asia, some in Europe, but one of the biggest geographical areas is the whole Western United States. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah, I, and it's... Uh, it's really interesting. That's, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's ending on a lighter note that, hey, like, thank God we live in this day and age that you just get a shot and you're cured. But back yeah. then, there was nothing you could do. Jeez. And, I mean, it's... Knock on wood, but there's still a possibility that another one could outbreak. Yeah, right. Hey, that does make me think that we're we're in a much better position than we were. And I, I've also I did a little bit of research after you told me about this topic, and I know there's some interesting. We talked about labor in the previous episode, right? In the UAW, uh, there was an interesting change in labor dynamics after the after that the big black plague, the second plague, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, when workers kind of returned to the farm and to the city, they were able to demand better wages and better working conditions from the employers. Because, like you said, if up to 40 to 50 percent of the population dies, th- there's a labor shortage after that right now. I mean, mm-hmm. We have a labor shortage right now after COVID. Um, and if a certain amount of the population dies, then these workers are now able to demand a little bit more. And I thought that was interesting too, like the the social um, repercussions of the Black Plague, and and, and ha- yeah, slaves ha- slaves were destitute of their masters, mm-hmm. is in that quote. It's like I'm not going to be a slave anymore. Everyone's dying. Fuck this. Yeah, I don't care if you awesome. kill me. <laughs> I'm going to die anyways. Yeah, like people were. Yeah, your master dies and no one knows you're a slave anymore. Yeah, time to go to the, time to go to the next town. You're free now, yeah. buddy. You're free. Go enjoy it. It's like yeah, your my master died from the black plague. You just kind of smothered him when he was sleeping. Yeah. It's uh, it was not a you know, the black plague. Bubonic plague, not very cozy. Not cozy we'll at all. I don't want giant. But, flesh sacks under my armpits and in my groin yeah Oof. but antibi- modern medicine cozy. pretty cozy cozy very cozy you can yes. just go to your doctor and say something's fucked up and maybe they don't know but they'll pass you along a bit and you'll be cured most likely you'll be cured yeah yeah it makes you wonder why we can't cure cancer because the yep. the big big medicine, big pharma loves pumping out chemo drugs and making money. Don't get me started. Right. But don't um, get him started, people. Don't get me fucking started. But this was a great topic, Austin. I want to thank you. Uh, we've recorded two in a row. 
Um, I I wonder what would happen if we lived in the same city or if we lived together. We'd probably record a podcast every day. My yeah. my mental health would be wonderful because Absolutely. these are just good for you. It's just good to learn, get to talk to your friends. Even if we're talking about these horrific topics and yeah. horrible things to have happened to humanity, but it's it's fun to listen to. And also, I know like going into it, I knew a lot of people are familiar with the Black Plague, but it's good to uh, <laughs> tie everything together. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't yeah. know that it still exists or that it was like a bacteria that still exists. I didn't know. And you can catch. Yeah. Right. Don't talk to the groundhogs. I, uh, I thought that it was interesting that it was so old. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. A remake of the groundhog day (laughs) where Tom Hanks gets the bubonic plague (laughs) and dies. And he he just like lives that last day of dying every day. He's like, Oh my God, the, (laughs) It's literally like removing the iron from my blood cells. Ouch, ouch. Everything, everything hurts. Like sickle cell anemia is painful. Picture if like this bacteria is just robbing your blood of hemoglobin. Jesus. Not cozy at Not all. Cozy. Not cozy at all. But uh, hey, this one's for the audience. Thank you. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and uh, stay cozy. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Austin. Thank you, guys.